There we go. All right, guys. I'm Kelly. Welcome to Room One Coaching. We're opening this to all common thread people today. Um, raise your hand if you want coaching. I see one person's a phone call in, so I'm not sure how you can talk if you want coaching. Um, but I will wait for hands to raise or text, and then I will pull you guys on. We'll make Amy a panelist. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Technical difficulties aside. <laughs> totally. Uh, so I'm just waiting for people to raise hands to pull them on and you can go first with coaching them. I've got one person on a phone line, so I'm not sure how she can raise her hand. If she wants coaching. I don't want to pull them on without their permission. I think, I guess as everyone, um, you know, kind of uh, settles in, um, we could talk about like what group coaching is, which is um, basically just raise your hand and you give a scenario. And, you know, it's, it's a little bit weird to, to like, I don't know, start exploring some of your thoughts, but this is how we kind of work through these things. And um, once you start watching people, then you start realizing that, we're all suffering the same things, you know, everyone's like has similar thoughts and, um, and you can gain a lot just by listening. Totally. And then you start bringing stuff and you say, today, I want to talk about my mom. <laughs> and, uh, I'll give an example. I've done this a, a number of times in room one of giving an example. I know Kelly's felt the same way too, is like, you can bring anything to coaching and it could be like, it's not like, what is my entire life purpose or like this horrible thing? And sometimes it's like, why the hell can I not walk down the, or, you know, stop myself from walking down the hall and getting candy from the candy jar? Why the hell is that? Um, and so I'll just take you through a, um, that session for me, which was really fascinating uh, because, you know, they, they're like, what, what, what were you thinking or what were you doing at the time? And I was like, well, I was doing my notes. I'm like, well, how do you feel about your notes? Well, notes suck. Everybody knows that. <laughs> And then, so like, like, well, what was the, I mean, why does it suck? And I was like, well, I just wish people would help me more. And it was interesting because that was the thought that, you know, was, was, uh, you know, kind of came up that I actually could do something with, you know, it's like, I was sitting down and I was doing something that I didn't want to do. And the thought of, it's like, I don't want to do this, but, and, you know, if I could just get someone to help me, you know, and that gave me something to work with. Um, and, and I started making changes in the clinic the next day. Um, and, and then, you know, if you give yourself a little bit of time to like pause and say like, why do I want to do this thing that I don't want to do? Then it gives you a lot of freedom to say like, well, I actually do have a little control and why am I doing this first place? And like an and is walking down the hallway to have this candy go to solve my problem. And of course it didn't. And then that also helps you realize is that that action that you're going for is not actually solving the problem. The first thing is realizing what the problem is in the first place. Totally. I think the thought, I wish people would help me more or they should be helping me more is more pervasive than I thought it was. And it's usually not helpful. Well, because it's usually followed by the next statement, which is people should help me and I don't know how to get them to do that. Yeah. And there's also a bind reading component to it. I think like, fuck them for not helping me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally which is not helpful. We think it sounds like a helpful statement. Like, of course people should help you, but it's not a helpful statement. And once I started paying attention to that thought, I'm like, wow, this thought is underlying a lot of my grumpiness. Yes, um, because it, it comes just like, there's so many layers of it too. It's just to say like, well, they should help me, but they probably can't. And they probably don't know that how they're doing it. And they're probably not going to do as good as me. And of course, you know, what is the result of all that? Either it doesn't get done or we do it ourselves, which keeps us from doing the stuff that we're supposed to be doing. Totally. Uh, I'm going to allow the phone number to talk just to see if she wants to have coaching because she can't. Hello, phone number. I would pulled you on just to see if you wanted coaching because I can't have you raise your hand, I don't think, on a phone.
ask to unmute. We'll see. Now, do either like do any of the, the participants or attendees right now? Is there any question that you have about coaching or room one or how to approach things? Um, is there anything that you're struggling with? This does not have to be anything like life altering. I mean, I think that um, you came here for some reason, even just explain what you're curious about. Hi, I'm the phone user. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay, sorry. I called in because I don't have good, um, like, data reception <laughs> where I'm at right now. Um, but I, I've just been following you guys for a couple months, and I'm very interested um, in the work you're doing. And I actually uh, did the coaches week with uh, Brooke Castella. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, uh, two weeks ago or whenever it was. So um, I, I guess I'm just looking for something to make me feel better. Um, I'm a general surgeon and 10 years, no, 10 years in my current job and then 14 years in practice. And it's just like, I was the other weekend, I was on call for the week, weekend and then an extra day of call during the weekend. I was like 113 hours and just very, Tired. Amy, Amy, you want to, you want to go or you want me to go? Uh, I can go. Are you able to put, I don't know if you can see me though. Well, I guess you can't. She's on the phone. Duh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to make you have a video. I'm, sorry. I'm not following the rules. I apologize. No, no, no. That's no, no, totally no. fine. That's me not doing the video. Um, so the, uh, it sounds like so you're a general surgeon, 14 years in practice, and you had this yeah. like terrific week of 114 hours. Um, and so, how were you feeling in that week? Like, what? Tell me some of the the, uh, the feelings that you were having. Um. Well, I just felt tired, and I didn't feel like I could ever get anything done. Like, I had piles of notes to do from the week, plus all the consults and off notes I needed to get done. And then the other thing is, um, I know that I'm the best person to take care of the patient at the time, but it's, it's hard when um, sometimes one or two of my partners will like pass off a, a long list of things that need to happen on Friday morning. And, and I'm like, oh, wow, I still have all day clinic. I still have my a few cases I need to do plus everything that comes into the ER and it's just it's hard like I it's, I can hardly get my stuff done but trying to get his stuff done too is, is difficult okay so when you look at all this, this stuff that you have to do like you're looking at the list from your partners and you're looking at the list from yourself what are some of the thoughts that go through your head um, overwhelmed, <laughs> uh, sad that I, like, inadequate, I don't feel like I should be able to, I should be able to do better in this, like, 14 years out, I'm smart, I know, I'm, I'm good at this. All right, um, it sounds like if you listen to Brooke Castillo, you know, um, a lot of her, um, her teachings, you know, involve the model, um. Have you right. tried to experiment with that at all? Well, I bought a notebook that I was going to do that. <laughs> and then it's just like, I just haven't had time, you know, <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. probably part yeah. of the problem too. <laughs> well, absolutely. And I think that, um, so let's take you through this. Um, and so what I'm going to do is, you know, there's, um, we'll kind of go through the model a little bit slowly in this one. So everyone can kind of explain it a little bit. Uh, the thought model is basically there's a circumstance and in your case list let's say list from partners um and yeah. so you know that's that's a neutral thing everyone agrees that you got this list from your partners um different people have different opinions about this list but everyone agrees a list exists so oftentimes we'll take this neutral circumstance and then we're going to have a lot of thoughts about it and like, and I know that you already kind of expressed a, a pretty strong feeling about it, which I think is the right one, which is, you know, kind of feeling inadequate. Um, and so when you, 
when you're feeling inadequate, when you're looking at this list and you're feeling inadequate, what is the thought that is leading to that feeling of inadequacy? Um, just not, just not crossing stuff off my list like I need to. We all like our little check boxes that we learned in med school and residency. I'm sorry, uh, repeat that again? Um, not being able to cross stuff off my list as quickly as I need to. Gotcha. Like the little check boxes that we learned in med school and residency. Yes. So your thought is, I can't cross all this off. So, you know, essentially can't get it all done. Um, so you have these feelings of inadequacy. Um, and so when you're feeling inadequate, when you're looking at this list and you're feeling like, I just, there's no way I can cross all this off and you feel inadequate, how are, or what are some of the actions that you do? Like, what do you do from that space, the, from that feeling? Uh, go down a different rabbit hole, like, oh, well then I might as well check my email or check Facebook or go get candy like you're talking about. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> no, I like Yes, and, and so, yeah, because like when you're looking at this, it sounds like, you know, I can't cross it off, I feel inadequate, but you know what I can do? I could check email. I could check candy, right? I can right. get candy. These are all things that are accessible to me because you're looking at this list, this list is inaccessible. And so now you're finding, your brain is finding actions like you want to feel adequate, like inadequacy feels terrible. So you're trying to search for things. So this action is you try to search for things that you can do. Right. But unfortunately there are things that don't help with the list and are things that you maybe don't necessarily want to do. So what is the result of checking email and you walk into the hall getting candy, things like that. What is, how does that do for um, this list from your partners? What is the result that you're getting? Oh, it just keeps getting longer because then the ER will call. And yes, and, and it's interesting. Yeah, then, so when we look, you know, we kind of like step back and this is where it's really helpful because some of these things, you know, you can get to right away and some of these things are a little bit hidden. Now, when you step back and you look at this is called the unintentional model. This is the one that runs in the back of your mind. You know, typically when we're not paying attention, we're busy or this and that, um, you know, we don't realize why do I check email? Of course, I don't want to do this. It becomes a sort of self-fulfilling kind of thing. But if you step back and say like, why am I doing this? When I look at my model, my circumstance that's neutral, everyone agrees is I've got this list from my partners. And my thought is yeah. I, can't, I can't cross it off. I can't possibly do it all. And so you start feeling inadequate. And then the action is you start searching for things that you that would help you feel um, adequate. But what happens is the result is that your list gets longer. You're actually proving that you can't possibly cross it all off. Um, and so when you look at this model, like, does it make sense to you? Yes, yes, because it obviously, I don't get the stuff done that I'm trying to do. Yeah. And the very first strategy when you're looking at these unintentional models, you know, it's hard to look at these unintentional models and see how we're giving ourselves these results. You know, there's a lot of thought about coaching saying that, well, you just tell me it's my fault. It's like, no, no, no. I, the, the, the bottom line is, is when we are the problem, we are also the solution. Meaning that you have a way to set yourself free by understanding how you... Uh, how your thinking is leading to this. So when you look at this, this thought, you know, I can't cross it off. Are there any other thoughts that you could have? I can be thankful that I didn't get downsized last summer. <laughs> um, that I have a job that I'm able to take great care of patients. Do you believe that you can take great care of patients? Do I believe that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, I definitely do. Yeah. And um, the one thing that, you know, is kind of striking me is that you do have a bit of a situation where like when you think I'm working these 114 hours, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Do you feel like you could take great care of patients from that perspective? 
I mean, I guess that that could be concerning. Right. The because what is it? What do you have to be like? How do you have to feel to take great good great care of patients? Um. Uh, very like I guess be able to be adequate to um, the this model that you have and this situation that's coming from it is keeping you from being able to achieve your goals. Um, and what happens too is that, you know, our body remembers these things. You know, we remember these times that we feel inadequate. Um, and the problem with a week like that is that unless you provide some self-compassion for yourself and unless you start to understand why you feel um, inadequate, then you'll take that experience to the next week and use that as evidence against yourself. Right. Uh, and so the first thing is to, you know, address like the negative feeling that you have and how to find ways to adapt um, and change your thinking. And this will also be changing your actions too, to let you out of this. Cause I think everyone would agree that, that that's a difficult week and, and would be difficult for most people to sustain. So the, the first is that, you know, how do I start dealing with this, um, these situations where I'm, I'm put in a position to where I'm setting myself up for sabotaging myself. Mm -hmm. So when you look at, you're approaching a week that feels a little bit sustainable, you know that, that it's going to be difficult to cross things off. Um, how can you then... Um, work with the circumstance of this, now you're dealing with the next week, you have your list from your partners. What are some of the thoughts that you could have when you approach this? Well, maybe looking at the list and, and breaking it down in the easiest path to cross off first, like checking labs or replacing electrolytes, just getting those kind of things done first. Um, the shortest notes, like the post-op notes, getting those done first. Yeah, so it sounds like, you know, I can, I can prioritize what's on this list and cross off the important and the easy things. Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at that perspective, I can, I can cross off, there's certain things on this list that I can cross off and you can prioritize these. How does that make you feel then? Well, a lot of those little check boxes are still <laughs> so better. Yeah, and so it, if you were to pick a feeling that you'd want to feel, like you know, you're going into a week, you know, it might be a little bit challenging. If you could pick from any emotion in the entire world that would lead you to a result that you want, what do you think that emotion would be? Satisfied. Yeah, satisfied. That's a, I mean, that's a decent emotion uh, because, you know, really, because the nice thing is about this is when we're picking, we can pick whatever the hell we want. <laughs> satisfied is good. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic, empowered. You know, you can start thinking as you're directing your mind, you can start thinking of very powerful thoughts and very powerful emotions because why not, right? If we're picking, then we can start working towards that. Uh, but satisfied is, is definitely a good place to start. And so if you are looking at this list saying, I'm gonna cross off the things that um, I can prioritize, I can cross off the things that I prioritize uh, and you're starting to feel satisfied, what actions does that lead you to? Well, probably just keep working on the list instead of getting distracted. Okay, so you work on the list. 
um, and knock off the things that you've prioritized. Um, what are some of the other items that you could do? Like, let's say you've done the action of working up the list that are prioritized, and there's lots on this list. So now you, you've eliminated the, the time that you spent doing stuff that doesn't matter. And you've eliminated the, um, the overwhelming emotions, the time that we spend buffering and things like that. Now you have on this list several things that aren't a priority. You know that they're not necessarily important. They might be somewhat important, but they're not like the most important. What are the actions that you could do about those things? Um, just put them at the bottom. Yeah. Can you get rid of them all together? Potentially. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, and this is how you start intentionally working towards where, where you want to go, is that if your partner gives you this list, you can look at this list and say, I'm going to prioritize these, or you can even put it to them. I can't possibly do all this. So I want you to help okay. determine what the priorities are. So you and I both have an understanding of what's going to happen. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a good idea. what will that do for you? Well, it's just that's the expectation. And then I feel like I've done my job and he knows what, what to expect from me because there's no way I can do all this stuff. Exactly. You are starting to tell yourself what you need to do to feel adequate. Um, and, so, and that involves like prioritizing. And you also, I imagine, care about what happens to your patient, happens to your partners. And so it's getting an honest assessment of what, what you can do. What other um, actions can you do that can address um, the things that are, are not on your list that or that are on your list that don't get done? Um, I'm not sure. Sometimes, what if you look at this list and you say, "I can find other people to do this." Like, like, do all the things in your list involve you specifically doing them? Well, on the weekend, you know, the call guys, so. Right. Well, I totally get it. Um, and sometimes, you know, when it comes to like weekend duties, it's difficult, but things like office duties and things like that, like starting to mm -hmm. find ways to um, ahead of time, determine how you could take some things off the list, whether that's giving it to someone, delegating it, creating templates, things you do all the time that are like useless energies. So um, one action that um, I can offer you is that when you look at these lists that kind of come up, you've, you've had enough experience now to know what things could come off your list, what things can be prioritized to somebody else, and what things can be like batched at in particular times and things like that. Um, and so the, and also, you know, you can start taking things off. If you know that that this is an unsustainable um, week coming up, then, you know, looking at why am I adding these things on there? Why am I not like shortening my um, OR schedule or my elective things? Is that are there things on here that I can kind of push off a week that no one would be harmed by that would be not a big deal for some other people would really take, um, take down this list um, of mine? And that, you know, yeah. so that action is maybe like starting to plan ahead a little bit more. Now, if we kind of take you through this, this new model of now you have your list. Now I'm prioritizing the things on my list um, and doing those things that are a priority. I'm feeling satisfied. I've now, the actions that you have is, you know, I've got, I'm being realistic about what I could do. I'm helping communicate with my partners to prioritize what they need me to do. So now I'm training them to say that they need to kind of start paring down their list too. So stop bringing me all this stuff that I can't do and, and then just have an understanding of what we can do um, and then start eliminating things off the list that you know you can't do. 
and then planning ahead for what you can do. Um, what do you think the result of those things might be? I feel a lot better. Yeah. You've now created something that you can sustain. Um, you know, because right now you know you can't, and and there's certainly going to be a lot of times where we can't. Um, but you're building evidence for yourself that I will make sure that I'm protecting myself. That you know I can't keep the, you know hurting myself because then I won't be able mm -hmm. to be there for my patients. It's important to be there for my patients, and this is an unsustainable path. Um, so you're providing evidence that of of I will have my own back. And I will make sure my partners know that I have their back, but within these constraints. Um, and that you're opening up this line of communication. You're not just not doing them. You're not just telling them you're not gonna do it. You're just saying that I need your help to prioritize this so we could make sure to get this done. Yeah, that, that would be great. Well, I hope that helped. Kelly, do you have anything that you wanted to yeah. add? I, I think that was great. I think that's a good start. And even, you know, when you mindlessly check the email and go for the candy, you can now be like, there's there's a thought that might be driving this behavior instead of just thinking it's like your body doing things on robo. Um, it's, just, it's just a good start. Like you could take this and then, you know, continue to revisit it and see like, why is it working and why is it not working? And what are your barriers to asking for what you need? Um, so I think this is a nice launching point well done, everybody. Thank you so much. All right, so we will. Take her off. I'm going to. All right, my other woman who's on here. I'm going to rename you and then ask you if you want to talk. I think this is on our Facebook page too, but um, the reason that we rename folks and you can have your video on or off if you want is that the, the goal is for us to make sure that you're sharing in, in a space that, that feels safe and, you know, you really want to um, explore uh, options and not have to worry so much about uh, that. Not that I mean, there's no judgment here. We really just want to help. All right, I renamed you to springtime is here because it's sunny outside of my window. Um, do you want any coaching? Or are you just along to listen or any thoughts? No questions for today, just getting a sense of the concept. Perfect. Amy, do you want to coach me or do yeah. you coach you on something? No, I'm, a, I'm game for it. What can I do for you today? Well, <laughs> I uh, since you asked, I am. Uh, I have a goal. I have a. What do they call them? Big goals. The best to have, right? And what's it called? What's the Brooke call it? An un. I would call it an unsustainable goal. That's not right. A big goal. Uh. Uh. Oh gosh, what does she call it? What does she call it? The ones that scare the shit out of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like big how ass can we, a big ass goal. How can we both not think of what these goals are called right now? Impossible. Impossible. My brain's like unsustainable because that's how it is talking about my goal right now. Um, no, let's talk about it. I love this. In, in, so here's my impossible goal for for people who are listening. Impossible goals. Now that we've come up with the name, is something that kind of scares the shit out of you and that you actually aren't sure if you can do or not but these are the goals that one has to have in order to grow and change and like make a do do something greater grander than yourself amy do you want to add to the definition of impossible goal yeah it's like there's something in the back of your your mind that you know like you really know you want to achieve it. There's like something driving you that you want to achieve it, but your brain is like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't possibly do that. You can't possibly do that. Um, and so that's actually the goal that you really should be shooting for because if it, I mean, it's really addresses lots of different concepts, the concept of success, the concept of failure, especially failure. Um, and, you know, really, because the reason we don't do stuff, we don't want to fail, our brain's like, no, 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 it's safer to stay under the bed. 
Um, and so impossible goal means you know it's impossible. You've kind of released the stress of it and you are allowing yourself to fail. And that's the one thing that we don't do is we don't allow ourselves to fail. So it's, a, it's an interesting strategy of telling your brain that, you know, we're not sure we can make it, but let's just try. What the hell? Why not? And the, the whole point is not achieving the goal. Like it's great if it happens, but the whole point is the process of figuring out how to get that goal. That's where all of the work, all the growth, all of the change happens. It's not actually achieving the goal or not. Um, would you agree with that, Amy? Yes, it is becoming the person who could achieve that goal. It's becoming that person. And you know, a great, very, very simple example is like, I wanna lose 50 pounds. I, thankfully I don't need to, but you know, it, it, big goal, I wanna lose 50 pounds. This seems like overwhelming. And you could get to that number. You could do whatever you can to get to that number, but you can, you know, and you could do all kind of terrible, awful things to yourself to get to that number. But the number is not the goal. You could become an awful person getting to that goal, or you could love yourself the whole way and you can get to that number and the numbers are relevant. The numbers are relevant. The, the goal is technically irrelevant. It's the, the change that you have to go through, the barriers you have to, the troubleshooting, the problems you have to figure out. It's that process of achieving that goal is where all the magic is. So now that we've talked up impossible goals, um, I, think, I think the other thing about impossible goals is that if we don't have impossible goals, why don't we? And I think there's a lot of work that can come up with that of like, oh, it's enough as it is. I don't want to fail. I don't know how, like working on all of that shit of why don't you have the impossible goal? It's also very interesting. All right. So what is, what is our circumstance? Uh, well, uh, my goal yep. is I'm going to stop drinking for six months. Okay. So, and and so a circumstance can be something, it's something everyone agrees on. So you have now said the statement out to the world, I'm going to stop drinking for six months. So this is your circumstance, because if we take this to a court of law, like everyone agrees, you just told yourself and us, I'm going to stop drinking for six months. You guys are my witnesses. It's the first time. I haven't even told my husband this goal, you guys. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's an impossible goal, and I'm I'm actually quite excited. I've done a lot of mind work on it before, right now, um, so I kind of was able to process through like all the, all the shit, of like, and what's f fully not lost on me is that for some people this wouldn't be challenging at all. Right. <laughs> hey, let's. So you know, well, I'm going to come back to that too. But um, what, so our, our newbie folks here. The first thing you want to do is you don't necessarily want to jump into a model. You want to come up with a whole thought download. So, you know, when you have this thought of, I'm going to stop drinking for six months, you've already kind of explained some things like, you know, I'm excited. Um, it's a big goal. You know, this may not be a big goal for other people. So that's kind of an interesting thought, um, you know, to kind of think of what you think of that. Um, because, you know, there's like a little bit of judgment in that too. Oh yeah. Like, like other people are going to laugh at me because this is so, why, why might this be super hard for me and not other people? Yeah. Right? So like, yeah. Why is this so hard for me? Uh-huh. Um, and I think, you know, before you jump, because I think a lot of people for intro to the model is like, how do you pick a thought, right? To throw into your model because saying you want to stop drinking for six months can bring up a crap ton of thoughts as it has for me. Like, it's too hard. What's the point? Why do it? I don't really have a problem with alcohol. What am I going to do when I travel this summer? What am I going to do when I camp? You know, like all of these, these are all thoughts, right? How do you pick one? And I, I think my advice for picking one for a model is, first of all, you can just start and do a crap ton of models and just see where every thought takes you. But it kind of, you know, when you're doing group coaching or something is the, and the coach will help you is like, Picking a thought that feels super true to you. Again, realizing all thoughts are just made up crap in the brain. And other ways is that, you know, there's the thoughts, the thoughts that immediately come up when you have that. And then, um, you know, before you jump to model two, you can start asking yourself some questions. It's like, you know, why, why do you want to stop drinking for six months? I'm super curious to find out who I am without alcohol. I think it's actually that very curiosity driven combined with the fact that like, 
I wanted an impossible goal and I, I couldn't really think of another one <laughs> right now, right now. Um, and then just realizing like, you know, oh, all the thoughts of like, well, I don't really need to stop drinking because I don't have a problem with it. Like, what the hell does that mean? Right. And, and how we kind of justify that as a reason to do or not do something. So to me, I'm like, this not drinking thing is going to teach me so much about me that that's why I want to do it. Yeah. And so now I, I've been kind of like writing some of these thoughts down. And so I'm going to repeat some of these back to you. Um, and I want you to tell me where you feel like the kind of the pain point is. Um, so you mentioned like when I stopped drinking for six months, some of the thoughts that come up to me, I'm excited. Um, this is not challenging for other people. Um, this is a big goal. Um, I want, you know, who am I without alcohol? Um, why is this uh, so hard for me? Uh, what about all these um, events that come up? Can I do it? Or I'm not sure I can do it with these events that are coming up. Um, I know that one thought you didn't mention other people think it feels restricting. Um, I'm curious who I am without alcohol um, and I don't have a problem with alcohol. I think my, I think a big one that is creating like a lot of anxiety for me is what am I going to do? And so that's, I, I think it's daunting because it's so vague. It's such a vague question of like, what am I going to do? How am I going to say no 2000 times to people? Yeah. And so what, what am I going to do instead? How am I going to have the conversation when people ask? Yes. Like it's the big, like, I don't know how to do it. That is. Exactly. I was actually going to bring that up because you're bringing up a thought that's actually a question, but you could change it to a statement. So your, your big thing, the big thing that's sticking out in your head is like, what am I going to do when all these things come up? And if you change it into a statement, it's, I don't know how to do this. Yep. So when you have this thought of, I don't know how to do this. Well, I don't want to try then because I'm a straight A student surgeon perfectionist and yeah. I should stay away from things that I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. What is the emotion that's coming up for you on that? I don't know how to do this. Um, well, my favorite surgeon emotion is tight. So of course I reach for that one. I feel <laughs> tight. <laughs> um, I don't know how to do this. Uh, like I'm like, I'm in an ocean and the waves keep coming over my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's that feeling? Drowning or like, like I can't get a footing, right? Like it's not the right time to stop drinking because I don't know how to do it yet. Kind of like, yeah, un destabilized or unstable, tight. Um, yeah, I, li I like the idea of tight because you know, tight is like, you know, you're just kind of rearing for stuff. Uh, or what, what is the emotion that actually sticks out to you uh, of those things that we brought up? Like feeling tight, like, um, I guess shaky, shaky. I think a little defeated, defeated. right? I'm like defeated ahead of time. I yeah. haven't even started. I haven't even started my goal and I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> Cause I don't know how to do it, which that's the whole point. Had I known how to do it. And I think this is a super fun teaching point for people is like, if you actually already knew how to do it, you'd already have the result you want. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, it's okay to not know how to do it, because if you did know how to do it, you'd already not be drinking for six months or whatever, whatever the impossible. You already would be 50 pounds less or you already would be chair of the surgery department or, you know, like whatever the big impossible goal is. It's like, of course, you don't know how to do it. Otherwise, you'd have it right now. Yeah, it's it, the, it, the process of figuring it out. Exactly. And, and you can see this all leads to. Um, you know, self-sabotage, this leads to, you know, lack of self-compassion because we're, you know, if we're telling ourselves ahead of time, oh no, you can't do this. You don't know how to do this. Well, and your emotions are leading you to these place of these, like, what is the actions that these emotions are leading to leading you to? Yeah. So the, uh, the feeling of defeat, mm -hmm. are we going with that? Yeah. Let's okay. Let's so the circumstance to review the model, the circumstance is alcohol. The thought is, or a stopping, not drinking alcohol for six months. That's the circumstance, right? The, the thought is, I don't know how to do this. The feeling is defeated. The actions are not trying in the first place. Mm -hmm. Not 
coming up with responses to people. I, I, th I feel like my big thing is somebody's going to be like, hey, you want to try this beer? And I'm going to be like, fuck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm very, like, I'm very, like, I'm not confident in myself on just not being like, fuck it. Yeah, and so um, you're not trying, you're not coming up with responses. And then, you know, it's, it's interesting that the, how you talk to yourself. And so I'm, you're talking to yourself in negative ways of saying like, well, you're a surgeon, you know how to do this, but you don't know how to do that, but you don't know how to do this. And, you know, how is that making you feel about yourself? Um, definitely not growth mindset, definitely fixed mindset. Like I know me so well, I know I can't possibly do anything that I haven't already done before. It's very limiting. Mm -hmm. And so these results is that you're limiting, um, what you're able to do. Yeah. And the whole point of doing this is to become that version of me that knows how to do this. Right. Like right. The, this is the whole point is like trying to learn how to do it. Right. Um, and so if we kind of like go over your model again, stop, I tell myself I want to stop drinking for six months. We all agree. The thoughts, I don't know how to do this. I'm feeling defeated. And from a place of feeling defeated, I'm not trying. I'm, I'm going to be like thrown off by the first question that someone comes up. Um, I'm not feeling confident. I'm not talking to myself in kind ways. Um, and the result is, you know, and actually I have a fixed mindset. The result is like, you're limiting what you can do and you're proving to yourself that you don't know how to do it. Yeah. And I don't have my own back. Right. Like as soon as somebody's like, want a glass of sparkling rosé, it's already chilled. I'm going to be like, sweet. <laughs> exactly. And, and the result is that you don't have your own back. Um, you know, I don't have my own back. Right. Um, because you haven't planned for these things. You haven't, and you're already telling yourself if these things come up, I'm not sure what to do. So I'm just going to do whatever comes up at the moment. So you're now like leaving yourself up to the circumstance of, or leaving yourself up to chance of being swayed by whatever's in front of you, which I imagine feels pretty powerless. Totally. Well, and especially since mo I, I think most of these circumstances are going to be like, at the end of the week, when I'm tired, when I'm stressed, like that's when the alcohol comes into play already, right? So you're already at a place where you're not like Monday morning feeling refreshed. I just got out of the gym, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, these are already circumstances that to me are vulnerable for being like, fuck it. I, oh, I'm loving this result right here. My thought is I don't know how to do it. And so my result is I might get lucky. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah, it could be just like a total accident that I stopped drinking for six months. Yeah, broken clocks right twice a day, I might get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because we don't think of this like model ahead of time. You know, the only time this really comes up for us is we tell ourselves where when I'm like sitting in my room and I'm thinking really fantastic thoughts about myself, I'm like, I'm gonna stop drinking for six months. And then what happens is, is I don't give any more thought to it than that. I go to a party where there's alcohol and then, you know, there's all, we haven't planned for this. We haven't thought of this. We don't have our own back. And so we are at the whim of the moment. If we're feeling strong, no, no, no. I said I wouldn't quit. And if we're not feeling strong, if we haven't thought it through, then I'm like, well, fuck it, it's just this one, you know? And the problem is, is that when we look back, when we're back in our bedroom where we're sitting in bed and thinking about it, we, we use that now as evidence against ourselves, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's the worst, that's, that's the worst problem with the problem is then you end up beating yourself up about it. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, the problem is, is we just let it, a chance and we could have been strong we could have been weak but the the whole basis is our foundation wasn't strong yeah i think of this like i've been to everest base camp and like people sit on the couch and they're super cozy and they've got their blanket and that's when they fucking sign up to climb mount everest <laughs> <laughs> you're like don't ever agree to climb mount everest when you're sitting on your couch <laughs> like i don't know that's what comes to mind is like you signed up for this when you were comfortable feeling good sitting on your couch. Like the work is real, man. 
Now, springtime is here, um, came up with, you know, she's saying that definitely in this place mentally, I don't know how to do this. And, you know, it's interesting because um, Brooke Castillo calls these um, emotions, these thoughts that come up, these indulgent emotions. They're, if you think of it, actually was just typing up um, something on a post I blog later of these indulgent emotions. And to give you an idea, indulgent emotions are overwhelm, uncertainty, indecision. Um, because if you put any of those emotions in any thought model, like what action does that lead? Does it, is there ever any positive action that comes from overwhelm, uncertainty, you know, um, indecision? Like, do we ever act in a place of usefulness? I think another indulgent motion going back to the beginning of this call is other people should help me. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's the um, like, yeah, the, the local locus of controls, like, um, which is, I guess, powerless. I think if you're saying the emotion that's coming from other people should help me is powerless because you've given your power to somebody else. And they're not delivering. So now nobody wants to help you. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, that's a rough thought, man. When we're feeling powerless, we're beating up the person who we think has the power because we want something to happen. We, we still want something to happen, but we're not doing anything that actually controls it. Yeah. And, and the, I think the other nice thing about that indulgent emotion of other people should help me is like, you should help you. And you're, you're not even doing that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, honestly, this actually feeds right into this too, because why do we feel powerless when we feel other people should do stuff? And why do we feel other people should do stuff? Because we have not thought, I don't know how to get people to help me. Like, I don't know how to stop drinking. The, I don't know how is probably the most powerful common thing through most aspects that we have. And so how, what is a thought that we can now change that will lead us to the results that you want? So when you think of this model, I think this is an excellent example, just in general. And this, this is why when you posted about the master class of drinking is that this is going to be true for like literally anything. Um, and so now this circumstance, you tell yourself, I'm going to stop drinking for six months. Um, what are some thoughts that you can have that can help you lead to this result that you want? Um, I'm super excited to meet me after six months of not drinking. Like, I'm not excited to meet me six weeks into not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because she's, she, maybe she's going to be pissed. But again, that's a thought. But like, I'm super excited to meet me after six months of no alcohol. Like I'm excited to meet my body. I'm excited to meet my mind. I'm excited to meet my energy. So like, to me, I'm like, this is like a journey that I'm actually really excited for the end point. I love, I love how you're excited about the end point, but you're telling yourself along the way, I'm going to be a real pain in the ass. Like I, know. I really want this result where I'm going to be this wonderful person, but at six weeks, I'm going to be this horrible person. Rush me to that part. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the other, the other, you know, amazing thing about group coaching is like when this is all in your head, it is real. And then when, you know, you talk about it out loud to Amy and Amy's like, well, that sounds fun. <laughs> why, why are you choosing to be a dick? <laughs> You're like, oh, right. And it's optional. I forgot that's optional. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I think the other thing about this, again, it's a unit whatever you pick as your topic, it's all universal. Right. But it's like, I'm going to, it's going to be okay for me to do this as long as my husband approves or as long as he supports me. And even just working on that thought of like, he might not, he might still really like his beer on a Friday night and it being okay to not have the support of other people. It doesn't mean it's not a good goal for me was coming up. So, you know, there's, it also brings up kind of an interesting strategy of the model. I mean, we can go from line to line to line, but we can come in at any place that we want. Um, so you know, we already know the circumstances, that doesn't change. But the result is, I want to know who I am without drinking. Is that the, the result that you're telling me? I think so, yeah. I thought the result would just be like six months of no drinking. <laughs> yeah, but, but the, I, the, yeah, I think the result is like, Kelly, six months with no alcohol, meeting her. Yeah. And I mean, what do you want the result to be? Oh, it, I mean, I'm already bargaining. Like, it better fucking be good for me to give up alcohol for six months. Well, I mean, we're kind of making this up. So the result is, I want to, you're proved that you're like amazing. 
Yeah. But it, and it's like, I don't want to trip myself up on that. Cause like, why, why am I just not amazing now? Right. Is like the intellectuals, you could use the model against you, I think yeah. is like, I truly want to experience the body that doesn't have alcohol in it. Why? Um, because I want to see where I can take my fitness. I, I want to decrease my risk of breast cancer, colon cancer, all the cancers. Um, I just read about the benefits of living without alcohol. And I'm like, of course I want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you know, life, alcohol doesn't seem to be offering you anything. I think for, to me, alcohol, I think alcohol is a liar, mm. which is super nice to think that way when going into this. Cause I think like it's short-term gratification, but there's no long-term upside to it for me. Gotcha. Your result, the result is that you're eliminating something that is, uh, that you feel is, is lying to you. Like you're eliminating something that you feel is fooling you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's technically a neurotoxin. Yeah. What am I doing playing with neurotoxin in my life? That's not, that's not the highest version of me. Yeah. So the result is you become the highest version of you. Yes. Okay. I like this. So you become the highest version of you. And that's not saying the nice, the reason why this is a great result is that it doesn't say that you're not amazing right now. It doesn't say you're going to be amazing in six weeks. I think that you will be. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, that also kind of leads a little bit to um, like, what is the thought that you need to have this this circumstance, this, I'm going to stop drinking for six months. What thought do you think that you need to have to kind of lead you to like, what does a person who is the highest version of himself think? I don't know yet. Cause otherwise I would already have it, but I could work backwards. Let's work backwards on the actions. Okay. Now, um, if you're the highest version of yourself. What are the actions that you do to lead to be the highest version of yourself? I provide non-alcoholic drinks that are fun. So I've already looked at like mail order from non-alcoholic companies just to like have fun with beverages. So my mouth is, thinks I'm still having fun. Um, I work on what I'm going to say already. I work on knowing I'm going to be tired. I work, I basically, I work on like planning for like knowing the circumstances are going to be there instead of being surprised by them. Okay. So plan for um, the unknown. Plan for the unknown. And not to, get scared by circumstance. Yeah. And to me, like, to me, having a support group and accountability is super important. And so I feel like I'm already building that by talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going I, to I, share, mm-hmm. share with others who could help. Yeah. That yes. will support you. Um, and I think that all of that is coming from a, fe- a feeling of confidence. Mm-hmm. that I can figure it out. Yeah. I can figure this out. This isn't, it, I think it's going to be hard, but it's not, I'm not learning how to become like a surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I think your, your thought just popped up that way. Um, and that was the the whole idea about like, you could enter the model anyway. Sometimes like if we we're like walking around, like, like, how do I want to feel? That's your, you know, where, where your intention is going. And sometimes it's, the unintentional, like, why do I feel like crap? Then you can start like working around that model and just kind of fill it in the thing that's most loud, whether the most loud is the emotion or the thought or the result that you want. Um, but I think that we have a little bit of a start of this intentional model, which is, you know, it started off with this thought of, I don't know how to do this. Uh, but the same circumstance is, you know, I'm going to stop drinking for six months. And my thought is I can figure this out. Do you, do you believe that? Yep. I do believe that. Yeah. And so the interesting aspect is that you don't have to come up with all the details right now, but if you keep telling yourself, I can figure this out. I mean, I was surgeon. I did hard things. I can figure this out. Mm-hmm. And then when you, when you're thinking I can figure this out, that puts you in this emotion of confidence. Then yeah. I, I mean, I think, and the other, the other certain thought is like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. 
Yeah. Like May 31st, 2021 is when I stopped drinking for six months. I guess that is another confidence thought. I'm like, yeah. this is exactly what I'm supposed to be. I'm not going into this with like resistance or I should, or kind of like all those other things that might not drive the actions that you need. Yeah, I think that the act, that is an action. I'm not resisting anymore. Like when I told myself, I don't know how to do this, then I resist because I keep telling myself I should, you know, and I keep finding out all these reasons of, of why I don't know how to do this. And, and I give myself all these evidence of why I didn't do it in the past. Like all of that unnecessary um, stuff that in running in your mind, you're eliminating by saying, I can figure this out. It's basically discarding the past. You're not using that as evidence. You're just saying, I could figure this out starting from here. And your action is I point at the calendar, I'm starting from here because I could figure this out. I'm not resisting anymore. I'm just, you know, I'm challenging the idea that you have to have alcoholic drinks for fun. And so therefore I'm planning um, things that would be fun that don't involve alcohol because I'm challenging that thought that you have to have alcohol for fun. Um, I'm also, my action is I'm knowing that I might get swayed in weak moments if I don't believe in myself, but I have enough confidence now that I'm gonna go into these unknown situations with confidence. Um, I know that I'm gonna need some support because inevitably there'll be times where I'm busy and, and, and not thinking. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna build my support network. And the result is become the highest version of you. Yay! Why coaching has changed my life 101. Yeah. And it's interesting because you don't have to, and, and this goes back to springtime is here, to your point is, um, and also to um, our caller, is that we'll sit down and we'll tell ourselves something and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So then we can, um, oh yeah, then and springtime says cheers for that. So it's really just, you know, like this thought is accessible to all of us. I could figure this out. You know, and the other thing that it does is it opens us up for like our next steps too, is allowing failure. We haven't really talked about, about this, but anytime you have some kind of goal or a thought, you have to allow yourself to accept failure. And failure is very fascinating. The fact that the definition is not achieving an expected outcome. Um, so if you kind of, if along your path, along your six week path or six month path, you go to a party and you have a drink, that is a failure of an expected outcome. So you could, or that's like not achieving expected outcome. So that could be a small failure. What do you do with that? I don't know yet. I don't have a plan because one option is just to be like, yeah, I did it. That's okay. It's one drink in my six months. Or the other option is like, okay, well now I have to start tomorrow for another six months. If the true goal is six months with no alcohol. Yeah. And I, I don't know which one I want to do yet. And maybe that's okay because I'm really not giving myself a plan for when I fail. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that's um, helpful is like, you know, I can figure this out is, you know, also kind of coming up with the idea that there might be a point where I don't do that. And there's that great diagram that I posted a long time ago um, that where you can take these like events, like this drink, you could take this drink that you have and you can learn from it. Say like, take this as, this was not my expected outcome, but I know that I can figure this out. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take this event and I'm going to figure out how I can get better and not do it next time that this event happened for me. And now I know that when I'm in this event, now I know how I got to that point. Now I know how I can get out of it and I will be better next time. And so what that is doing is you're taking those failures and you're stacking them up to steps to get to your highest potential rather than sticking them on, your, on, your, on top of your head as weights that proves that you can't. Yeah, so, using them as a lesson learned mm -hmm. instead of see proof that you can't. Right. Totally. Um, and then well, I think yeah, this understanding that that means that you're not, I mean, you're not going to take this as evidence of why you can't do it. You're just going to take yourself as evidence of this is the these are the things that I need to learn along the way. This is helping me figure it out because I can figure this out. Yeah. I love that. Well, thanks for the hour, everybody. 
is we hope you guys got a, a little bit of example of what it's like for group coaching. Um, the room one has all the replays of things that have happened in the past. We try to label them so you could find things that apply to you. And we weren't kidding about the common thread. You know, you'll see that um, the more we, you talk, the more you see the, the, um, the post is that we all have a lot of the same problems. And, you know, we're all just trying to figure all this out uh, together. You know, we, we don't know all the answers, but we certainly have some techniques that could help. So I, I hope you guys have enjoyed this uh, view. Beautiful. Thank you. Until next time. <laughs>